when they, I just want to say like, there are many reasons which we're going to get into um, why people uh, give up, why people, uh, you know, you know, some lose faith, some lose heart, uh, some, you know, got got hurt, you know, got offended or whatever the case is. Um, let me just say this. Um, the Lord, the Lord cannot uh, move in our lives if we are unwilling to fight. Okay. The Lord cannot move in our lives if we do not have a fighting spirit. Uh, what do I mean by that? Remember, God told Joshua, wherever the bottom of your feet touches, it is given to you. If Joshua doesn't move, God is not going to move on his behalf. I don't know if you guys understand what I'm saying. In the walls of Jericho, God told them, you guys have to circle and shout, right? Um, uh, you know, Gideon had to face an army that was more than double the size of his army in the name of the Lord. He had to face that army, right, with the 300 men that he had. I believe he was facing an army of, uh, of, um, of 10,000, I believe it was. You know, so you know, like, like you, you need to, you need to face, David had to stand in front of Goliath, right? He had to, uh, uh, there are things that we have to do. If you do not have a fighting spirit, you're not going to go to the next level. You know, that's why the Bible puts coward on the, on the list of who will not enter the gates of heaven, where the Bible says adulterer, fornicator, idolater, witchcraft, sorcerer, uh, uh, you know, whatever, all these things will not enter the gates of heaven. In that list, it says coward. And what is coward? The word coward means to go back, to run away, right? To go back, which we see in the Bible where it says, he who put, puts his hand to the plow and, 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 and looks back is not worthy of me, right? In other words, you become afraid. Why? Afraid of failure, afraid of rejection. We all deal with these things, right? Um, af afraid of rejection, afraid of failure, afraid of falling afraid of, you know, and, and that's why a, a real fighter is not seen in your skill. It's seen when you get hit. Hello? A real fighter is not defined by, you know, necessarily their skill. They're defined by um, the level of resistance they face. This is even why we see in boxing and in MMA that people do not respect fighters that avoided challenges even if they have a lot of skill, hello? Even if fighters have a lot of skill, people tend not to respect fighters that avoided uh, challenges because a fighter is defined by the challenges that you face. Are you guys following what I'm saying? And it, 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 isn't, it, isn't, it isn't, being a fighter is not a skill, it's an attitude. Anyways, you, yeah, you can just put like instruments or something. Um, and so I'm gonna start with Ephesians, chapter six, okay? I'm gonna start with, with Ephesians chapter six. Um, I believe I have. Ephesians chapter six, verse 10 to 18, okay? Uh, I'm gonna read that. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, which is interesting that it says wrestle, right? We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, which means of this world, right? Against spiritual hosts of wickedness and in heavenly places. 
Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Um, the breastplate of righteousness is going to guard your heart. It's going to guard your emotions. Remember, the Bible says, do, do not lose heart. The, blessed, the breastplate plate of righteousness is, is when you're living righteous before the Lord, it protects your heart, hello, against the, 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 the darts of the enemy, right? Um, the belt of truth uh, covers your shame. When you're walking in the truth, hello, when you're not living a lie, your shame is not going to be exposed. This is why it's the belt of truth. Because, because if you're living a lie, your, your belt falls and that represents, you know, obviously your privates, your shame being exposed. That's why when you walk in the truth, it doesn't mean when you walk in perfection. Hello? But when you're not living a lie, I don't know if you guys are following me, right? And when you wear the breastplate of righteousness, it's going to guard your emotions. It's going to guard your heart. And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, um, above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all fiery darts of the wicked one. Okay, when you're walking in faith, um, the darts are not even going to hit the breastplate of righteousness. They're not even going to hit the helmet of salvation. It's not even going to when 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 you when you have the, the the shield of faith. The the thing is that you're not going to entertain the lie of the enemy when you fully believe God. Right? I'm not going to get so deep in the armor of God right now, but I'm just I'm giving an explanation. Like when, when you believe God, this, we see this with Jesus, Jesus and the devil in the desert, where the devil would present scripture to, 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 to Jesus. And, and, and Jesus wouldn't sit there and converse with the devil because he believed the father beyond a shadow of a doubt. We also see that with David and, and King Saul. Hello? When King Saul told him, you're just a kid, uh, Goliath has been... Uh, uh, Goliath has been uh, um, a warrior since he was a kid. David did not even hesitate. He didn't get into a conversation with King Saul. He told him straight up, God gave me the lion. God gave me the bear. God will give me the, un the uncircumcised Philistine. Hello? Um, um, uh, we see this with Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. When King Nebuchadnezzar, when King Nebuchadnezzar told them, if you don't bow down to the idol, hello, if you don't bow down to the idol, then I'm gonna throw you in the fire, the fiery furnace, hello? And then they, they, they didn't get into a conversation. They didn't say, look, you understand we're Hebrews. We're unable to do that. This is not our custom. They didn't get into a conversation. They said about this, O king, we have nothing to say to you. In other words, you are our authority, but you're not God's authority. You're our authority, but you're not God's authority. So right now you're trying to supersede your authority. You're trying to have more authority than God. And I cannot okay that. I cannot be an accomplice to you trying to supersede God's authority. Hello? So, you know, they didn't question. They didn't, they didn't, they, they, they had the shield of faith. That is the shield of faith. Whether you, some people, they want to see a shield in the spirit. Whether you see a shield in the spirit or you don't. You know what I mean? They had the shield of faith. Are you understanding what I'm saying? I don't know if you, if, if, if you know what I'm saying. So anyways, so. Uh, uh, above all things, taking the shield of faith, which was given. Remember that. That's why I always say this. Where our faith ends, our compromise begins. Hello? Where our faith ends, our compromise begins. Uh, we don't like to admit that, 
But when we don't believe God, we're listen, we're, 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 we start to get tempted to sit at tables that Jesus would have turned over. Some of you have seen those memes, right? That meme, uh, don't, don't sit at tables Jesus would have turned over. You know what happens is that, that we, when, when, when we lose faith, we start to be tempted to sit at tables that Jesus would have turned over. Why? Because we want to protect our bank account, because we want to protect our money, because we want to protect, you know, uh, 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 so, but when you have faith, you know that even though your bank account says zero, or maybe your bank account says you owe $2,000, hello, even though your bank account said you know that, that by faith, you know the just shall live by faith, and you know, listen, 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 it's when things in the natural do not look good that you increase your reward in heaven. It's the things, things, things in the natural have to look bad for you to increase what you have in the spirit. You're not hearing what I'm saying because that is going to test where you are getting your blessing from. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Or that is, that's going to test where you're, where you are getting your blessing from, right? Because, because a lot of us, we want to call a regular blessing, the blessing of the Lord. No, the blessing of the Lord comes from faith. The blessing of the Lord comes from sacrifice. The blessing of the Lord comes from pain. Do you hear what I'm saying? The blessing of the Lord comes from rejection. The blessing of the Lord comes from misunderstanding. The blessing of the Lord comes from persecution. The blessing of the Lord comes from abandonment. The blessing of the Lord, <laughs> that's where the blessing of the Lord comes from. You're not hearing what I'm saying. Oh, where are you coming up with this? Well, gee whiz, folks, the story of Moses, the story of Joseph, the story of, <laughs> like, we can go on and on. You know what I mean? The blessing of the Lord makes one rich. Anyways, so I'm going to continue. Um, above all things, take in the shield of faith, right? And take the helmet of salvation, right? This will guard your mind. The Bible says, gird the loins of your mind. In other words, control your thoughts. If you cannot control your thoughts, hello, if you cannot control your thoughts, then it's going to be difficult to control your body. If you cannot control your thoughts, it's going to be difficult to control your mouth. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Um, which, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. Um, so, so being watchful to the end with prayer. Hello. Being watchful, what does that mean? Constantly being conscious of the reality of the spirit, constantly being conscious of the reality of the spirit and hearing me and always praying. Why always praying? Because when you're not, when you're not praying, you're, you're trying to manipulate the natural world naturally. God is saying, pray and come to me because I'm the word, the one that controls the natural world. Hello? You can fight a war and go to 30 battles and, and maybe win it or maybe lose it, you can, you can win the same battle on your knees in prayer. What's more powerful, four battles or battling in prayer? Well, you may disagree with me, but the Bible says a king is not saved by the multitude of his army. So that means that even who wins a war based on the Bible, is decided by God. So, so God is saying the real warfare, right, is in the spirit. We know that, right? The real warfare is in the spirit. The real warfare is to get you to no longer think that the real warfare is in the spirit. 
When, when the enemy gets you to look at the way people are treating you, the, the, the doors that are closed on you, the difficulty that you're having, the way things are happening around you, guess what? When the enemy succeeds at getting you to look at your circumstances, guess what? It means that now the enemy has the power of deception over you. I want you to say that word with me, deception. When the enemy can affect you by circumstances, why do you think God told the prophet, I believe it was Jeremiah, do not look at their faces. Do not, oh my God, do not look at their faces. In other words, don't worry about their response to you. Don't worry about their emotions. Don't worry about their approval. Worry about mine. Are you hearing what I'm saying or no? No, not really. Because, because, because when, 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 you're, when you are full of faith and circumstances say no, it guarantees that God is going to show up. But a lot of us, especially in today's day and age, we don't want to wait for God to show up. But when we see someone who is paying a price, once the reward comes, we all want that reward because the blessing of the Lord looks different. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This is why I, I was single for 11 years and people made fun of me. And by the grace of God, I have an extraordinarily blessed marriage. Why? I wanted the blessing of the Lord. I didn't care that I was already 30, 31, you know, 32. I didn't care because I understood that when God, what God gives, hello, he opens the door. No man can close. He closes the door. No man can open. If it comes from him, he's the one that has to pay for it. Hello, when it comes from him and, and we go through rough times, then I just go to the Lord and Lord, this is what you, my God, this is your will. Lord, my God, work it out. Show me what needs to change in me. Show me what needs to change. This is your will because remember, he, he's the one that, that pays the check because he's the one that took you to the, to the restaurant. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. When we see, do you want, do you want the blessing of the Lord or do you want something that you can get on your own? Are you here? Stop looking at what's happening around you because God didn't call you to be natural. It doesn't matter if somebody has influence in the natural world or if they have all these types of influences. It's not going to last forever. What God wants to give you is something that's going to last. Hello. So this is why you got to get up and you got to fight. You got to fight the good fight of faith. You have to stand up. You know what I mean? And don't allow the enemy because when the enemy, when the enemy has your emotions because of the circumstances, when, when the enemy is, is he sees that you are, that you allow the, and I'm not talking about a moment of disappointment or a moment of sadness because everyone has that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what you choose to do with that. I'm talking about what you choose to do with that moment of disappointment. I'm talking about what you choose. That's the test. The test is not if you're human. We all know you're human. The test is what you choose to do with, 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 with what came upon you, right? This is why Peter said in the Bible, do not think it a strange thing when all types, types of fiery trials come upon you. Don't think it's a strange thing. Hello? Um, he says, because trials produce patience, which means what? Because God is worried about you making it to the end. He's not worrying about that you had a bad week. He's talking, he, he's worried about a bad eternity. He's worried about uh, 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 you not fulfilling your purpose. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And, and, and I just feel like, like, like the Lord is, is shaking the natural world out of us. Hello, and, and I don't want to get too deep on, in this, right? Because this can go off in another subject and I'm going to go on here in the subject. And I, what I'm about to get into is the fruit of the spirit and how the fruit of the spirit empowers us to wage war. But, 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 but before I say that, I want to say this. This is an interesting thing, right? In ancient times, 
uh, mankind that was a rebellion built the Tower of Babel. The Tower of Babel at that time was the height of human technology. That at that time, we're talking about ancient times, right? Uh, uh, that was the height of human technology, right? And, and they built the tower trying to reach heaven. But it's interesting, right? Because scientists nowadays, nowadays with such enormous technology that, that you have incredible technology that, that I'm sure the CIA needed in the 70s, you have it in your phone now, right? Because the, the, the governments now have such enormous technology. I mean, it's, 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 it's beyond what, what most of us even know or fathom, right? And so with all the technology that they have now, which one of the people on the cusp of it is, is, is Elon Musk, right? You know what Elon Musk wants to do? Listen, he's, he can build spaceships, right? Right, he, his company, I'm not saying him, in his backyard, his company builds spaceships, right? But he's not trying to build a spaceship to, to, to enter heaven. What is he trying to do? He's trying to go inwards. What he's trying to do now is he has said it openly, is he's trying to, 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 to hardwire humans' minds to, a, to a, a, a digital connection so that, so that we can all be connected, right? Which is, which is a technological imitation of heaven. Because remember, Apostle Paul said, when I am in heaven, I will know just as I am known, meaning that we're all one in heaven, right? Like we know each other in heaven, right? So he wants to create this technology. Isn't it interesting? Humanity in, in rebellion, rebellious humanity, has advanced so much, it understands the way to God is not the sky. The way to God is inside of humans. Are you hearing what I'm saying? A rebellious man has advanced so much, he has learned the way to reach God is not the sky, it's inside of humans. You're not hearing what I'm saying. What am I saying? That's where the war is. That's where the war is. This is why we need to have the helmet of salvation, which means what? You, always, you, 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 you don't entertain that you're condemned. You don't entertain that God has left you. You don't, you, like the Bible says, cast all things down that exalt themselves above the, above the knowledge of Christ Jesus. The knowledge that you have of Christ Jesus, like Jesus in the desert, he's the example. Look at his example. He, 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 he did not let, he didn't entertain Satan's lies against the knowledge that he had. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They cast all things down that exalt themselves above the knowledge of Christ Jesus. You don't entertain those things that you know contradict what God spoke, what's in his word, what he has convicted you of. You don't entertain those things, hello, because you know that God is good, right? This is why Jesus actually told that to the devil. Like basically, I don't have to prove God. Remember when the devil was like, listen, go to the top of the mountain and throw yourself off because the Bible says he, he, he gives his, he puts his angels uh, 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 in, uh, in charge of taking care of you. And then he was like, yeah, but it is written, Do, you shall not test the Lord your God, right? In other words, in other words, Jesus is like, I don't, there's no need for God to prove himself. There is no need. I don't need to test God. I know who he is. I don't need to test the father. I know who he is. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You're not hearing what I'm saying. All right. So, yeah. So, I have other scriptures that I want to share. We, we, we might get into them. You could, you could just write them down. Um, you know, that was Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 18. And, 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 and we'll get into some other ones. Um, you know, 1 uh, uh, first, first, first Timothy 6, 12. I'm just going to go quickly over this because I want to get into my, my points. I'm going to try not to take too long. You know, that, that would be supernatural. So 1 Timothy um, 6.12, 1 
Okay, 6-12. Okay. Fight the good fight of faith. <laughs> so fighting is a command. Hello? Are you, did you just hear? Fighting is a command. That's not an option. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Lay hold. In other words, you lay hold. You lay hold of that fire. You lay hold of holiness. Oh, my God. Right? Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I don't want to get too deep into this one, but I believe this is when the Bible says, um, and, we and we defeated the devil, we defeated the enemy with, with the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Right here it's saying, to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In other words, when you have confessed, this is why baptism is powerful, because baptism is proclaiming to the world that you belong to Christ. When you, have, when you have confessed publicly, it says in front of many witnesses that you belong to God, people are, are watching you. Your life is a sign and a wonder. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you back out, then it gives other people an excuse to not believe. But if you don't back out, this is the Bible right here. If you don't back out, your life is a sign and a wonder by default. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hello. In the presence of many witnesses, I urge you in the sight of God who gives life to all things and before Christ Jesus, who witnessed the good confession, be, uh, who witnessed the good confession before Pontius Pilate, that you keep this commandment with, uh, 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 without spot, blameless unto the Lord Jesus Christ's appearance, which he will manifest in his own time. He who is blessed and, 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 and only, and only uh, Pontate, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, who alone has immortality dwelling and unapproachable light with, with whom, whom no, no man has seen or can see or whom be honored and everlasting power. Amen. It's saying no man can see without the Holy Spirit, right? Because with the Holy Spirit, we see him. But anyways, fight the good fight of faith. I urge you in the sight of God, right? In other words, basically, uh, even in front of being beaten, uh, being in front of Pontius Pilate, Jesus didn't back down. And he's, he said, keep this faith. <laughs> That's why the Bible says you have not yet resisted until bloodshed. In other words, I know that you're in pain, but you haven't bled yet. Jesus bled. You know what I mean? So, um, uh, and then going, going to uh, first, first Timothy 118. First Timothy 118. And then I'm gonna, we're going to break this out. First Timothy 118. 118. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, having faith and a good conscience, which some having rejected concerning the faith have, have suffered shipwreck. He's saying, he said, use the prophetic word given to you to wage the good warfare. What does that mean? And he said the prophetic word given to you, right? Because some people will say, oh, that's nothing but the word of God. That's the Bible. Mm, Apostle Paul said the prophetic word given to you. Hello? Right? And we know the Bible is part of that. But the Bible and the prophetic word given to you. What you know, and also the Bible says God confirms his word through two or three prophets. New Testament. So God brings his prophetic word to confirm. It'll never contradict his word. But God has spoken things to you. Hello, and the Bible is saying, use the words he gave to you 
I'm not talking about the ones you're confused about. I'm talking about the ones that you know that you know that you know. Hello? I'm, ta- I'm, not talking about, I'm not talking about the ones that you're confused about. Hello? I'm talking about the ones that you know that you know that you know. The ones that you know that you know. Oh, my God. The ones that, oh, my God, bro. Let me tell you something, bro. The fighting spirit is being stirred up in me right now. Something terrible. Hello? God is saying the ones that you know I prophesied to you. Hello? With my signature on it. Tailor-made spoken. I brought two or three prophets. I put it in your spirit before they came to you. I spoke it to you in private. I spoke it to you in the secret place. It doesn't matter what people say, what people of other doctrines say. Nobody's talking about a doctrine. We're talking about when you know that you know that you know that you know that God has spoken to you. He's saying, use that thing to wage the good warfare. You don't give up on it. Don't give up on it. You are accountable to it because I gave it to you. Hello. And do not cast pearls before swine, lest they trample them underfoot and turn and tear you apart. Don't go sharing the prophetic word with swine. And what is swine? People that like to go back to their filth. The people that like to go back to their mud. That's where they find comfort. They find comfort in their sin. They find comfort in their manipulation. They find comfort comfort in their gossip. They find comfort in other people that gossip with them against you. They find comfort in their in their in their in their sedition. They find comfort. This is don't cast your pearls before swine. God already warned you, lest they trample them underfoot because they have no value to them and they turn and they use it to tear you apart. Hello, God is telling you, you need to use the word I gave you. You need to stand up and you need to believe me. Hello, and you need to declare it and you need to believe it and you need to stand on it and you need to pay your price for it. Don't just sit around eating chips, waiting for it. Go ahead and fast those chips. Fast the next Netflix. Fast the friends that all they want to do is hang out and waste time. Fast the friends that all they want to do is just hang out and hang out hours on end and not do anything for the Lord. Fast those friends. How about that? Hello, you know, like like instead of meeting me outside, how about that? Meet him inside. How about that? You know what I mean? How about that? Leave those friends aside. Leave the things that are distractions and use the prophetic word. The reason why you've allowed discouragement to set in is the same reason why King David said, he said, I would have lost heart. I would have lost heart. I I would have lost heart if I didn't think I was going to see your goodness in the land of the living, which means if I didn't think I was going to see your goodness while I'm alive, not just in heaven, no, while I'm alive, I would have lost heart if I didn't think I was going to see the breakthrough. If I didn't think I was going to see the victory. If I didn't think I was going to see the manifestation while I'm alive. Hello. God is saying, believe my prophetic word while you're alive, while you're breathing air. Hello, God. God has a promise that he has promised. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But you're not going to fight for what you don't believe. And that's why he's saying, fight the good fight of faith. The level of your level of faith is your level of fight. Your level of faith is your level of fight. And where does faith come from? Faith comes from conviction of the Holy Spirit. And conviction is synonymous with vision. Vision makes you ferocious. You, many of you have heard me say this. As long as Jesus had vision, nobody could stop him. Not even the Roman Empire. Pontius Pilate, a ruler of the Roman Empire, the one of the most vicious kingdoms that has ever existed. I mean, they, 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 they would kill entire communities, man, woman, and child. They were vicious. Hello? 
Pontius Pilate got scared of Jesus. A man covered in blood, beaten, abandoned by his friends alone. Why would you be scared of him? Hello? He was so full of conviction. I think in that moment, Jesus' revelation transferred to Pontius Pilate because Jesus is the light. So in that moment, that Pontius Pilate, even though he wasn't saved, in that moment he was talking to him, he, he saw something. Hello? You're not hearing what I'm saying. Jesus, Jesus stood up in his worst moment because he was full of vision. He knew that this moment was going to pass. He knew that his worst moment, he knew that his worst moment where, 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 the, where the people he loved, the ones he paid a price for, abandoned him. He knew that his worst moment, it wasn't going to last. He knew that his worst moment was the way he was going to get there. It was the way that he was going to fulfill the vision because he knew that God is not a man that he should lie nor a son of man that he should repent. So he was full of vision. And as long as he was full of vision, vision, he was vicious. He even kind of threatened Pontius Pilate. He said, if my kingdom was of this world, we would fight. In other words, you're lucky, you're lucky that my eyes are on eternity, right? Well, I, I don't think Jesus would use the word luck, but you know what I mean. You're fortunate, right? That my eyes are on eternity. But, but, but it's when he became sin, when he became sin for us, he lost vision. When he lost vision, that was the only moment he lost heart. So this is what the devil wants us to do. This is the plan of the enemy. There are four major things that, that the devil needs to do to get you to, 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 to lose, to get you to walk away from the fight. He can't get you to lose the fight. The devil cannot get you to lose the fight, but he can get you to walk away from it. Hello? He cannot get you to lose the fight, but he can get you to walk away from it. I don't know if you guys hear what I'm saying. So there are four major things, and I'm, I'm not saying they're the only four major things. Like I said, God willing, we will continue with this, right? Um, number one, to lose faith. This is what Jesus told Peter. He said, he said uh, the devil has asked for you, that he'll be able to filter you out like wheat, right? That he will be able to sift you like wheat, which is like run through you. I don't know. Filter you out. See what's inside of you. The devil asked for you so he could, he could test you, see what's inside, inside of you. But I prayed what? Your faith wouldn't fail. Why? Thank you for asking. When the Bible says, I want you to pay attention. When the Bible says, no, oh my gosh, this is good. God spoke this to me today. When the Bible says, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. It doesn't say that the weapon won't strike you. It doesn't say that the weapon won't hit you. It just says it won't succeed. Why won't it succeed? Because the weapon, they, they crucified Jesus. What they didn't know is that he was going to be resurrected. So what happens is, is the weapon, it won't prosper because God works all things out for the greater good to those who love him and are called to his purpose. Meaning what? Even if the weapon hits you and you fell down, it's not going to prosper because the intended goal of the weapon is not going to be the end of what happens. Because when the enemy threw Joseph into slavery and then threw him into prison, it looked like the weapon prospered. It looked like the weapon worked. It sure did hurt. It sure did strike him. 
The weapon formed against him sure did pierce him. It sure did. He was bleeding, symbolically speaking. He was in prison. His, the rest of his youth, his 20s were in prison. His 20s. Hello? And it looked like the weapon prospered. But then again, God used the attack of the enemy to make him the most powerful ruler of the entire world. So the, the weapon that struck, it didn't prosper because it didn't, it didn't succeed in the goal. And the goal was to destroy him. And the goal was to take his faith. And the goal, and so this is why Jesus doesn't stop the devil from attacking Peter. He just says, I pray your faith won't fail. I don't know if you caught that. I don't know if you caught that. In other words, the devil's going to hit you, Peter. He's going to hit you hard. It's going to hurt. It's not going to prosper. If you, if you don't lose faith, you won't leave the fight. If you don't leave the fight, I take over. I take over, you win. That's how it works. He didn't say. <laughs> In fact, the reason why Jesus let that happen is because Peter was thinking that he was strong. And as often as he thought he was strong, he wouldn't let God move the way he wanted him to. God needed him to be empty. God needed him to be humble. God needed him to be desperate. God needed him to be full of faith. You're not, are you hearing what I'm saying? God allows the trials. They're not just because it knocked you down does not mean it prospered. Hello. The enemy needs you to lose faith. Again, where your faith ends, your compromise begins. As long as you have faith, you have fight. Because faith comes from conviction and vision, right? The Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. Evidence is a very powerful word. Evidence means I can prove it to you. Hello? That's what evidence means. It means I can prove it to you. How could you say that you can prove Jesus? How can you say that you can prove this kingdom that you can't see? How can you say that you can prove these things that are invisible? How could you prove it through your life? That's why the Bible says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you, you may prove, that you may prove. Did you hear what I just said? Or what the Bible just said, rather, Romans chapter 12, that you may prove, say the word with me, prove the evidence inside your spirit will produce evidence through your life to those that don't know God. Ay bendito. The enemy wants you to lose faith. Nobody backslides full of faith. Nobody gives up full of faith. So many people in the world backslid and say, yeah, I believe in Jesus. You believe it. You believe he exists, but you don't believe that he's good. But you don't believe in his goodness. You'll say, yeah, I know he's good. Yeah, but not towards you, right? Oh, because, because I messed up a lot. Right, exactly. You don't believe that he's as good, that he's good enough to forgive you in your worst mess. You don't believe that he's good enough to transform you out of homosexuality, out of bisexuality, out of, out of illicit uh, heterosexual uh, sexuality, out of pornography, out of, out, of, out of addiction, out of drug addiction, out of alcoholism, out of anger. Out of, you don't think he's that good. So you see what I'm saying? There's a difference between believing that he exists and believing his word. There's a difference between believing, believing in what he said or what he says and believing that he exists. There's a difference. 
So number one, in order for the enemy to knock you out, he has to make you lose faith. Number two, to forget how loved you are by God and how important and special you are to him. The enemy has to get you, has to convince you. See, when you're not having intimacy with God, right now I feel the love of God. When you're not having intimacy with God, the enemy will on purpose bring people in church to reject you. He'll bring people in church to mistreat you. He'll bring people in church and, 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 the, and the higher up they are and the higher their position in, in, in church, the better. He'll bring these people to reject you, to hurt you, to say bad things about you because the devil knows when you're not having intimacy with God, you slowly start looking at man. You, you slowly start, this is why the Bible says, cursed is the man that trusts in men. The devil knows the scripture. The devil knows when you're not having intimacy with the Holy Spirit, you, even though you don't think you are, yes you are, you slowly start looking at man. You slowly start looking at women. You slowly start wanting the pat on the back. You slowly want the award, the public applause, uh, to be able to tell your leader, I have the most numbers. I have the most people. To get a little a little pamphlet with the church name on it. To get a little, uh, a little what's that, that thing that they give you, the papers that they give you, what is that? To get a certificate. To get a little certificate with a little church name on it. You know what I mean? Those things start to become way too important to you. You know what I mean? You can't just be in the background clapping for somebody else anymore. You know what I mean? Because, because why? Because your eyes have gotten on man and the devil waits for the right moment, right? Because that's what the Bible says. When Jesus defeated the devil, the Bible says, and the devil left to wait for a more opportune time. He left to wait for a more, an opportunity. So he waits until you, until the way until your eyes are no longer on God, even though you, you do the, the occasional 10 minute prayer and the occasional little 20 minute prayer, when your eyes are no longer on God, when you, when you need discipleship to have intimacy with God, when you need a, a, a home group or a life group or, or a hop to have intimacy with God, he waits for those moments, hello? And then he brings leaders to abandon you and he brings people to reject you so that you start to forget how special you are to God. You start to forget that in God's mind, nobody can replace you. You start to forget how important you are to the heart of God. You start to forget how special you are. You start to forget that even if no one appreciates what you did, God deeply appreciates what you did. You start to forget how real he is. You start to forget that his love, it fills you better than any boyfriend or any girlfriend you ever had. You start to forget that he's the one that took away the sadness. You start to forget that he's the one. You start to forget that he's the one that took away the pain. Hello, are you hearing what I'm saying? Because I'm not talking to you about religion. Hello, because we could just, we could just, I could just do a good preaching about religion and just, and just, and just gloss over things and hype you up. I'm not talking about any hype. I'm talking about the real thing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When, 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 and, 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 and see the woman at the well is a good preaching. It's a really good preaching. The woman at the well, John chapter four, the woman of come all to me and you will thirst no more. We all know that preaching. Nobody does it anymore. Nobody is only turning to Jesus for, for happiness. Nobody is turning to Jesus for peace. Nobody is turning. Everyone's turning to TikTok. Everybody's turning to Facebook. Everybody's turning to, 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 to Instagram. You know what I mean? Everyone's turning to social media. Everyone's turning to their friends in church. People are more, are more into social acceptance now than ever on the face of this earth before. Hello, people are more distracted from real identity than they ever have been before. Here, here's the thing with distraction. When, when, when distraction runs out, 
when the people run out, when the applause run out, all of a sudden you're faced with a deep emptiness because you don't know who you are because you didn't build real identity. You built distraction, you built entertainment, you built applause, you built popularity, but you don't know who you are. You can't face a crisis. You can't deal with a life crisis. You can't deal with deep pain because you don't know who you are by yourself. This is why Jesus had to build David alone. This is why David was rejected by his brothers. Hello, being rejected by his brothers was the best thing that could have happened to him. This is why David didn't have a nice shiny, uh, a little shiny uh, armor. This is why he didn't have the nice suit like they all got the nice suits. He didn't have one of those. He didn't look like them. He smelled like dirty, sweaty sheep. Hello, and God got him alone, and that's where God built him alone. Because alone and rejected, God taught him how to make him his only friend. And because he knew how to, he knew how to have God be his only friend, he could stand in front of the King Saul and stand in front of Goliath at the same time. He wasn't afraid of anyone because the only friend he ever knew, the only real friend, when he would be out there with his harp, worshiping God in the field, when his brothers didn't want to be around him because they didn't want to be sheep tenders, they want to be knights in shining armor, they wanted to be in the royal palace, they didn't want to smell like, like dirty sheep, hello? And this is why a lot of Christians these days are falling away. This is why the Bible prophesies. One of the reasons I believe, I believe that the Bible prophesies in the end times, there will be a great falling away. Look at the technology. Look where it's heading. Look, we have too many things that are accessed. We think we, think we know what, what relationships are. We think we understand what popularity is. We think we're popular. We think we're famous. We think we're accepted because of social media. We're living in a fantasy world. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because we won't get along with God. So, so he can't build us like he wants to. And what happens is you're not going to know how much he loves you. These, these words, maybe they sound good to you. These words are going to be forgotten. If you don't take these words and go experience how much God loves you. Just yesterday, God was speaking to me. God spoke to me about something and, 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 and he gave me a key in how to deal with a certain kind of rejection. And he let me know how he feels about certain things that I do in a good way. And, and, and it blessed me and it healed me in some ways. I, I can't function without the voice of God. I, I can't function without the conviction of the Lord. I can't do this if it isn't real. I can't do this if it isn't, I don't know how other people do it. Like if I'm gonna be an actor, I live, I live in Hollywood anyways. Like if I'm gonna be an actor, here it is. You know what I mean? Live like, like what, 20, 10 minutes from Hollywood? If I'm gonna be an actor, that's what they, you know? I don't understand why people want the fake thing, why they wanna be fake Christians, why they wanna preach about identity, but they have none. Why they wanna preach about peace, but they have none. Why they wanna preach about, about all these things that they don't really have. They only have an appearance of it. Are you hearing what the Bible says? It says they will have a, an appearance of godliness, but deny the power thereof. And what is the power? Healings and miracles? No, it's to be like Christ. And when you're like Christ, healings and miracles are easy. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The real power is to be like Christ. The real power is to forgive for real. The real power is to love for real. Are you hearing what I'm saying or not really? Don't forget how, how special, how special 
If no one else tells you this, if you don't have a mother telling you this, you don't have a father telling you this, you don't have a husband or a wife telling you this, you know what, even if you do, you need to hear God in your spirit, in your heart, you need this from God. From me, it's not good enough. From me, it comes with contamination. Why? Because I'm a person. You're going to think about, well, what are his opinions? What are his, what's his doctrine? What's his belief? Why does he think that? What makes him think that? But from God, it's pure, undeniable, personal, direct, with his signature on top of your name. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because when you have this, no one can stop you. When, 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 you're, when you know that you know that you know, no one can stop you. You're not hearing what I'm saying. People think that, that witchcraft can stop me. <laughs> you really don't know why I'm in this. You have no clue why I'm here. If you think that witchcraft, you think rejection, you have no clue. This is because I was nothing. And the only one that loved me, the only one, that's why I'm here. Sometimes I wrestle with him. And I say, God, I don't want to lose you. Are you sure you want me in ministry? So many people in ministry, Lord, they don't have you anymore. They traded you for ministry. Lord, don't let me do this. I don't want to lose my innocence. I don't want to lose my heart towards you. Don't let me do this. Don't let me lose you because of ministry. Don't let me become so great, so applauded, that, that I can't see you anymore. That I forget that I was nothing. That I was dirt. That, that, that dying would have made sense to me. That I thought the only peace I was going to have was death. Don't let me forget. Please. Please don't let me make ministry bigger than you. Because everyone that I see, they do it. The majority that I see, Lord, they do it. They make ministry more important than you. And we can't see you anymore. And we can't hear you anymore. All we see is ministry. All we see is power. All we see is anointing. I don't care about who's right or who's wrong. I just need you. Because I'm wrong without you. I'm wrong without you. Without, without you, I misrepresent you. I don't want to be in ministry. If it isn't just nothing but a response to you. Have mercy on me, God. I don't know why, Lord, why the Lord over and over and over again, he's so good. Someone loves him. He finally has what he wants. And then he trusts them with his power. Why does he do that? Why does he put himself at risk like that? When someone loves him when they're little, they don't have ministry. They don't have influence. They're not super anointed. And, and he loves them and they love him. Why does he trust them with power? Knowing that some of them are never gonna come back. Don't ever forget how special you are. 
I can't, I don't want to get too personal. I've already gotten way too personal. But there's times that, that God just calls my name and it breaks me down. I need him. I don't need power. You need, don't ever forget. You need to hear him say, this is what the enemy needs you to forget. He needs you to lose faith. He needs you to think you're not special to God. And he needs you to lose your identity. Number three, lose your identity. Lose your identity. The Bible says, he who hears my words and does not do them is like a man that looked in a mirror and saw what kind of man he was and walked away and forgot what kind of man he was. I'm sorry, it says, and saw himself and walked away and forgot what kind of man he was. I remember uh, my first mentor. It was in the church I was saved in, which is a church called Cornerstone in Broward. I was there a year before I went to, um, to King Jesus. And I remember that he told me, he was like an amazing mentor, the best mentor I ever had, I have to say, but this guy, D. Um, I asked him, what happens when someone stops being intimate with God, when someone backslides and they go back to sin and they, they lose sensitivity to the Holy Spirit? And he told me, it's almost like you're going to have to learn everything again. It's like they're going to have to learn everything all over again. Because knowledge is not good enough. Knowledge can never replace conviction. And so what happens is you, when, when you know who you are in God, and I don't mean that you know there's identity in God. No, 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 no. That's not what I said. I said when you know who you, when you, identity is so important. The Bible says that when we go to, when we go to heaven, he's going to give us a stone with a new, a new name that he gives each of us that only we're going to know. Identity is so important. Forgive me, excuse me. Identity is so important. It's so special to God that he's going to give you a stone with a name that he gives you that only you and him are going to know. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's how special it is to God. Who you are in him. Not just who you are, who you are in him. Hello? When you know that, you fight from a place of identity. What do I mean by that? Remember, David, what did David tell Goliath? He says, God will give me the uncircumcised Philistine. In other words, why would he give you the uncircumcised? Well, because he's saying, because I am circumcised. Because I am the chosen of the Lord. Because he is with me. And he is not with him. In other words, he, was, he, he faced him with faith and with identity. Knowing I know. And in fact, this is the argument he had with the Jewish people. He said, you are the armies of the living God. And you let him threaten you? In other words, you don't know your identity? You don't know that you're supernatural? You don't know that God is with you? That if you go to battle and you trip, he's going to kill the guy? If you go to battle and you trip, the dirt is going to, God's going to smack the dirt in his eye and win. Don't you realize you're the army of God? Remember that this is why Jonathan loved David. Why David loved Jonathan. Because Jonathan was the only one that had the same faith as David. Remember that before Jonathan met David, he was with his armor bearer, his escudero, and he saw the Philistines and he said, come, God's going to give them to us. He's the only one that had identity. You're not hearing what I'm saying. 
Number one, lose faith. Number two, forget how loved and special you are. Number three, lose identity. Number four, lose vision. And why? Because one of these, if you have one of these, it'll lead to the rest. If you have one of these, it'll lead to the rest. You have faith, it'll lead to greater vision. You have vision, you're going to seek God and increase your faith. You know how special you are in the Lord, you're going to go after him. You see what I'm saying? And all of this comes from intimacy with the Father. All of this, right? To lose vision. That's a whole other teaching that I'm going to do for a whole other time. You are as strong as your vision. Your level of spiritual strength is your level of vision. Remember, the Bible says, write the vision down on tablets that he may run who reads it. What does that mean? The vision gives you the ability to run. <laughs> when you don't have vision, you can't run in the spirit. Any of you want to move fast? Any of you want to grow fast? When you have vision, you can run in the spirit. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And a key to moving in faith is a key to moving in these things is to do it by faith and by commitment. Don't wait to feel it. Don't wait to feel power. Don't wait to feel fire. Don't wait to feel his presence. Worship him because he's worthy. Worship him because he deserves it. Wake up early in the morning and worship him even if you don't feel it. Worship him because of what he's done because of who he is, because of what you know he's going to do. Worship him because he's real. Lo and behold, lo and behold, he's real. So many out there worshiping false gods. So many out there bowing down five times to the east. So many out there swearing that they have the truth and they can't encounter their God. They can't hear their God. They can't see their God. By the grace of God, I've been able to see and hear my God as much as I have my most intimate moments with my father before he died, as much as I have my most intimate moments with my mother, as much as I have my most intimate moments with my wife and truth be told greater, they can't experience God that way. Worship God because he's available to you. Worship God because he tore the veil. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Go evangelize, not because you feel it, because he gives seed to the sower. Go evangelize without a prophetic word, without confidence, without boldness, without a word in your mouth. David threatened Goliath without the stones. He got the stones after he told him what he was going to do to him. When you do it out of faith and commitment, it drives the devil crazy. It drives the devil crazy. Why? Because the devil's strength is you being emotional. The devil's strength is the circumstances affecting you. The devil's strength. Hello? Uh, wow. Remember when the word says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The reason it's saying that, because the enemy wants you to conform to your sin. He wants you to think this is the way he gets you to lose heart. I'm never going to be able to come out of this sin. I'm never going to be able to change. But remember, the Bible says, do not be conformed to the world. It says, you will be, or, you know, it says, be transformed. It would never tell you that if it wasn't possible. The Bible would never tell you that if it were not possible. 
He's saying, I can transform you. You're stuck now with the shape you have in your mind. I can break the paradigm and transform you. I, I say that because transform means to take you beyond your form. Transform, to go beyond your form, to go beyond what you have been, right? And I wanted to, to read this to you. I know we've gone long. Uh, I just wanted to explain a little bit about the fruit of the spirit, Galatians 5. And I'll just gloss over it since we, we've gone late, right? The fruit of the spirit is the nature of God, right? And when we're walking in the fruit of the spirit, we're walking in his nature. And we are loving God with all our heart, soul, and mind, and likewise loving our neighbor as ourselves. And this is why the law of Moses doesn't apply to us. When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, not when we're outside of Christ. Okay, that's a misconception. But the fruit of the spirit is also power against the enemy. It's also power of warfare. Why? The peace of God, and there are many details, but I'm just going to go over it. The peace of God, the Bible says, he gives us a peace that goes beyond all understanding to guard our hearts and our minds. The peace of God will cause you to not be shaken by troubles the enemy throws your way. So the peace of God is peace with God. That's where it comes from. But resistance to anything else that is not God. The peace of God is aggressive against anything that is not God. Hello? Patience. This is the fruit of the spirit, right? Patience. It will give you the power to endure and trust. Patience will give you the power to, and it also destroys envy. When you're patient, it doesn't matter if everyone's getting more blessed than you. You know that your time is going to come. Joy. It causes you to look. It causes, it causes you to not look for exterior things for happiness. Isn't that funny? Happiness is fulfillment, exterior, natural fulfillment. Joy goes beyond happiness. When you have joy, you're not going to look for exterior, you're not going to need exterior things for happiness. It's basically, joy is basically rejoicing that the promises of the promises of God were before they happen. Joy, when you have the joy of the Lord, people won't understand it. Because it's like your spirit is constantly celebrating the promises happening that haven't happened yet. Did you just hear what I said? The joy of the Lord is our strength. It's basically rejoicing that the promises of God already happened before they have happened. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? Anyways, self-control gives us the power to not step into the traps of the enemy. I'm just glossing over it. There's, there's way more understanding here. Self-control, dominio proprio, right? It gives you the power to not fall into the traps of the enemy. Traps to argue, traps to get upset, traps to get offended, traps to gossip, traps to lust, traps to fall into lust, traps to get into a fight, traps to, to give up, traps to leave a commitment God has called you to. Hello? Self-control gives you the ability. Remember, the Bible says the tongue is a small member, but it, but it, but it makes city, cities burn on fire. The tongue is a small member, but it lights cities on fire. Self-control. Goodness. You will always see the best in people. 
this will give you the strength to not be offended when you see sin in other Christians. When you're walking in the goodness of God, you could see offense, you could see sin, but you see past it. It's not like you don't see it. This is something people don't understand. People think that mercy is ignoring what is there. No, mercy is seeing what is there. What does that mean? It's seeing more value than the sin. Hello? Mercy is not ignoring what is there. Mercy is seeing more value than the evil. It's seeing more than what is obvious. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Kindness, right? Oh, I said goodness. This will give you the strength to not be offended, right? Kindness. This will cause you to be able to be used by the Holy Spirit to convict people of sin. Never underestimate kindness. When you're kind as a Christian, people may mistreat you. People might trample you. People might disrespect you. Never underestimate it. One day they will remember and they will say, this person, they were a real Christian. I did this to them. I did that to them. They were a real Christian. When I was working in, 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 a, in a private school, seven blocks from Miami High, those that are from Miami. When I was, when I was working in that private school, La Progresiva, it was on Northwest uh, uh, 7th and 24th, um, 24th Avenue. When I, was, when I was working there as a teacher of the high school, um, I, I mean, my gosh, the things that happened there. There were, there were, I was 27, I looked like I was 19, and girls would hit on me, like bad. You know, the, 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 the kids there would call me 40-year-old virgin, even though I was 27, 28. They would call me Narison, uh, 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 Blues Clues, because of my socks. They would call me all these things. And, and their moms would hit on me. It was crazy. I think it was the light of God that like, I don't know, I don't know what was going on. It was crazy. A room, uh, uh, the assistant got me in a room and told me she had a car accident and put my hand between her, her, you know, her, you know what I'm saying? Her woman, uh, nurturing, you know what I'm saying? Members. She turned around and, and, and then, and, you know, like trying to tricking me, all these things happen. Right. And a lot of people talk about it when I, when it was time for me to leave the job. One of the assistants, one of the, uh, the vice principals that was really bad. I mean, I love her, but she was really bad. She told me, you know, you know, Peter, you're the only Bible teacher we have ever had here that has actually lived what he preaches. After all the persecution, she, used to, she told me that I should date a student that had just graduated. She had just graduated and she was like, you should date her. And I'm like, this woman is out of her mind. This woman is plumb out of her mind. Like, you know, I'm like, yo, I'm a Bible teacher. Like, what am I doing? You know what I'm saying? What, what are we doing here? I don't know. Like, like, should I teach story time? Like what, you know? And then when I left, she was like, she was like, you were the only, you were the only Christian that the only Bible teacher here that has ever lived what they preach. And people are going to remember your kindness. People are going to remember, even though they act like they don't, they will, they will remember your kindness. Hello. It'll give you the ability when the Bible says shine your light before men. Kindness is one of the ways you shine your light before men. All right. And the Holy Spirit will use your kindness to convict people of sin. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Um, it'll also make you quick to forgive. Hello? Gentleness. Gentleness will cause you to be a maker of peace. It'll cause you to be able to eliminate arguments and conflict and wrath. Because you'll have gentle words. Right? The opposite of judging, I believe, is understanding. Love leads you to understanding. Love causes you to understand. Right? Because if you could put yourself in someone else's shoes, you will understand their situation. Um, gentleness will cause you to be able to be used to restore the backslidden. 
When you're gentle, you will be able to restore the backslidden. Faithfulness, you will have the strength to keep your word and commitments. This will cause you to be able to reflect Christ and testify of your convictions. When you're faithful, when people do not see faithfulness, they hear the things you say like a claim, like you're making a claim. You're, you say, that's what you say, you know what I'm saying? You're boasting. A lot of people hated the President Jimmy Carter. President Jimmy Carter was a president in the late 70s, 10 years before he was president of the United States. He was evangelizing door to door. He would preach Jesus, but a lot of people didn't like him because he would take too long to make decisions about war. So they wanted him removed and, and President Ronald Reagan replaced him. But years after the media not liking him, they've all come out and said, in the end, he's what he said he always said he was. Because years later, 30 years later, he's building houses for free in Central America. He's building houses for free in South America. He's 80 something years old and he has Bible studies. So maybe we didn't like him, but in the end, he truly was what he said. <laughs> Faithfulness produces this power. Faithfulness causes people to listen to you that would have never listened to you because they see faithfulness. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And of course, love. Love will constantly purify your intentions. It will cause you to be willing to give up yourself. <sighs> love will cause you to be willing to give up yourself, to give up your self-interest, your self-boasting, your self-preservation, your self-safety, your self-whatever. It'll set you free because what binds us is us worrying about ourselves. That's why the Bible says perfect love casts out all what? Fear comes from self-preservation. What's gonna happen to me? What are they gonna say about me? How about me? Where's mine? What's gonna happen, right? And love, of course, love never fails. Love never fails. Love is the most powerful thing in existence. When we love, we're willing to give up all self-gratification. We're willing to give up self-gratification, self-preservation, self-defense. When we love, we're, we, we don't need to be counted. We don't need to be given credit. We don't need to be in the front. We don't need to be the first one honored. We, 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 don't, we, don't, we don't place demands on our service. When you love, maybe they don't appreciate right away, but they will. When you love, you don't have the complexes, the insecurities, the fears, the confusions, the, 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 the discouragement, the disillusionment that other people suffer from. But this love only comes from God. So that's wrapping it up for now, for tonight. But I just want to say, God has given us weapons. These are the weapons he's given us. And love never fails. Love is a weapon that Satan can't defeat. Satan has no weapon for love. He doesn't. He has no weapon for love. There's no response. He doesn't even have anything comparable to it. So what Satan does, listen to what I'm saying. 
because he has no weapon for love. His job is to pull you out of the presence of God and make you walk away before the love of God is manifested. The Bible says God gives you exceedingly beyond what you're expecting. I want to explain something to you. When you obey God, one of the things that he gives you is uniqueness. When you obey God, I can tell you where this is in the Bible, where God told Moses, and there will be none like you, be, there, is no, there will be none like you before you, and there will be none like you after you. When you obey God, he will give you uniqueness. You're not hearing what I'm saying. And your uniqueness is not going to make you better than other people. It's going to add to other people. It's not going to give you the strength to win a competition. When God gives you uniqueness, you're not going to want to compete. You're going to want to serve. You're not hearing what I'm saying. Once you're filled with identity, once you know who you are, there's no need to compete anymore. There's no one to compete with. The only one to compete with is the flesh you. The flesh you is the only one. The flesh version of you, you off the cross is the only one you need to compete against because there's no one like you. There's no one like you. 